Unless otherwise indicated, Ratchet Book Club is intended for a mature audience. Viewer discretion is greatly advised. book club where we read hood classics and good classics i'm derek uh before we get into this next uh chapter of the coldest winter ever we did a uh roundtable discussion this past sunday uh the episode that came out before this episode and it's um gonna happen again next sunday uh send your uh voicemails to 916-633-1537 um Email us at wretchedandratchet at gmail.com, or you can send us DMs at our Twitter feed, which is uh, Ratchet Book Club. Um, one of the things that we discussed uh, during the roundtable was the way that Sister Soldier portrayed Will um, and how turned off um, Winter was. Once you found out that Will uh, enjoyed getting his dick sucked by uh, men, by, but in in his, what he said in context was, he gets his dick sucked by cluck. So the the folks who are addicted to dope will suck his dick for for dope, and he's okay with that because their jaws are stronger, and he alludes to other reasons. But at that point in time, Winter kind of drowns him out with her own thoughts. Um, when we were having the discussion, initially what we were saying was that um, Sister Soldier came off as homophobic in the way that she dealt with that situation. Um, and I alluded to the fact that Will may be bisexual. Um, one of the listeners of the show, Roy, uh, from the Let Me Tell You Something Bitch podcast, um, hit me up yesterday and uh, advised me that um, Will letting men perform sex acts on him doesn't make him bisexual. Uh, we don't know if he has an attraction to, any, any, to anything other than women or to anything other than getting his dick sucked. He, he might not even like women. He might just like the act of getting his dick sucked. Um, sex acts don't equal sexuality, which is absolutely true. Um, and so I did want to... Uh, correct that and thank Roy for pointing that out um, and and really just uh, clear that up going forward. I won't make that same mistake going forward. Um, with that said, uh, we are on chapter 14 of The Coldest Winter Ever. Um, in the last chapter, they um, had the conversation, the roundtable with uh, Sister Soldier um, where she took Phoenix down, 
and hopefully Phoenix will rise again. But, you know, maybe not. Um, and so without further ado, here's chapter 14 of The Coldest Winter Ever. We are now, um, what, 54% done with the book? So let's get it. Lauren busted down the bedroom door, holding party laminates in her hand. This is it, she said, throwing herself on the bed. G.S.'s birthday is tomorrow. Every badass in the entertainment industry is going to be in the gym. What's wrong with you, Sasha? Maybe you didn't hear me. G.S.'s birthday gym is tomorrow at the Palladium. LX is giving them the party. That's like chocolate ice cream with chocolate syrup and nuts all over the place. My face was twisted because all I had left was $350. I would have to buy something special, but there was no doubt I was going. Life is a crap game. Or, as Santiago would put it, life's a poker game. So the next day I laid my 300 on the counter at Saks Fifth Avenue. I walked out with a designer shopping bag with one Calvin Klein slip dress inside. I already had the banging shoes and a matching shoulder bag. My nerves were on edge. I kept telling myself, this is an investment. This is an investment. In less than 24 hours, I would emerge as the baddest bitch in the universe. Some trick in that party was going to bankroll all my fantasies one way or another. Just to keep it real, I had my eyes set on the big catch, GS. I knew if I could hook him, my problems would be over. Life would be all Range Rovers, rugs, chips, cheddar, and pleasure. He was wasting his time with Soldier. She was no trophy. That's why he picked her up at night. He left before the sun came up. You can't sport no bitch like her. I'm the girl you go to bed with and wake up with. I'm the one you bring the dough home to and leave it on the counter so I can take care of the house. I'm the girl who gets other niggas to envy you, want to be like you, want to kill you. Me? It's all about me, and real niggas know that. Real niggas love drama. Otherwise, life ain't no thrill. If there ain't no drama, what's the point? A live nigga needs a bitch who's so bad that the other bitches know that when they see her to just lay the fuck down. Now the other chick might have got some dick from the nigga at some time or another, but in the presence of wifey, she knew all she could do was shut the fuck up and be mad. With only enough money in my bag to buy one last dinner, I stepped into the bins with Soldier, Lauren, and Doc. I couldn't understand why Doc was coming to the party. Her time had already come and passed. But I wasn't sweating the small stuff, especially because Doc was a driver and she was pushing my kind of whip. The thick of things is putting it mildly. When we rolled up, there were scores of people outside the club. Everybody dressed to kill. The November breeze was chilling thighs and giving gobs of goose pimples to girls with no nylons. With cars parked in all directions, traffic was jammed. Luxury vehicles was everywhere, and only the music was pumping louder and faster than my heart. Doc swung into the $30 parking garage that others were avoiding, based, I guess, on the price alone. It wasn't even a second thought to her. Those platinum and gold credit cards erased her worry over that. When we walked up, soldiers signaled security, and they parted the crowd in seconds. As we walked up the slim aisle to the special entrance, all eyes were on us. That's Sister Soldier. Who's that? That's Sister Soldier, they whispered. 
I felt like a movie star as our tight little foursome entered the building with no problem, leaving the little wannabes hanging on the outside only to imagine what was going on inside. Inside, players were seated in booths, sipping Moet, Cristal, and Alizé. Some were talking to each other. Some were kicking with females. One big, buff bouncer type invited himself to our table. Y'all ladies want drinks? The bar's open till 10 p.m. After that, it's gonna cost you. Why is everybody outside? Let them in. Let's get this party started, Lauren said. The bar is free until 10. We'll let him in after 10. You get it? He smiled at Lauren like he was interested in her. We all went and got drinks and left Soldier in the booth. By 10.30, the party was shoulder to shoulder. The music was loud. More than that, the music was crisp. It was a difference between a car radio, a house radio, a stereo system, and a club. The club system took it up 10 notches. It was like the music had hands that ripped off your clothes and made you naked and crazy on the dance floor. With only the liquor to slow me down, my whole body was hypersensitive and completely sexual. When somebody accidentally rubbed against me, the sensation was magnified. Wet lips looked even more enticing, and the more the scene sucked me in, the more I liked it. Me and Lauren stuck together. We were looking for the celebrities. We weren't sure where they were, but we knew they were here. Soldier and Doc disappeared, Lauren said to me at 11. So? I said. Let's go have some fun. You don't get it, Lauren said as she tried to shout over the music that nobody's voice could compete with. I turned my head so she could speak directly into my ear. If Soldier's gone and we can't find these celebrities, that means all of them are somewhere in a separate section. The VIP room. Well, come on. Let's go to the VIP room. The place was huge. We had to move slowly through the growing crowd to each side and corner of the club to find out where the celebrity section was. When we finally found it, Lauren whipped out her VIP laminates and flashed them at the security guards that had that secret entrance sealed off. Facing us was the same big security guard from earlier. He stopped us. Wait a minute, Shorty. You can't do nothing with those. He said to Lauren, flashing his smile. VIP, she said, like he didn't see him the first time. Check this out. You got the wrong color laminates. They was orange, but they switched from the blue. He flashed his blue laminate. Now to get inside, you need a blue laminate. Lauren leaned on him a little, brushed his chest with her titties and asked, How can I need a blue laminate when you have one? He flirted with her and laughed and all that, but still didn't let her in. She was talking so much, she must have been telling him her life story. After a while, I wasn't even listening no more. He was getting off on joking with her, didn't believe or didn't care that she was Soldier's sister, and definitely didn't believe that she knew G.S. personally like she said she did. Seconds later, the celeb door opened and four guys came out. My eyes were searching their faces to see if they were anybody. If they were leaving, at least I could give up their laminates and let us use them. As one particular face drew closer, my mouth dropped open. Recognizing him shook me up a little. Winter, he said with mad passion. Bullet, 
I said, more like it was a question. He grabbed my two hands, pushed me back a step, and said, Damn, you look like a million dollars. Ain't nothing changed, nigga. I said, noticing how sexy he still was, but giving a much attitude. With his mouth open, playing with the toothpick between his teeth, it was like he was talking, but no words were coming out. Damn, he said again. He pulled me close to him and picked me up with his strong arms like I didn't weigh nothing. Put me down. I ain't forget, nigga. Forget what? I ain't forget either. I've been looking all over for you forever. Man, I asked Natalie, your girl Simone, Natasha, Reese. I even asked your mom where you was at. I ain't forget about the videotape. I heard how you let niggas disrespect me down in Moe's place. I told him with thick attitude. Oh, that shit wasn't nothing. That was slick, Ellen, not me. You know that kid is sick. I don't get down like that. I see you still got your shine, he said, looking at my diamond tennis necklace and my matching bracelet. Watching him survey my whole body with his eyes, my body temperature intensified. What I dug about Bullet was that he was a real lover. He knows how to rock a woman's entire body. He's a guaranteed orgasm. Come on, why don't you take a ride with me, he asked. My eyes peeped his black baggy slacks, leather jacket, and heavyweight gold link. I wanted to say yes, but I kept thinking about what Midnight said about Bullet being down with Santiago's enemies. What I wanted was battling with my loyalty to Santiago. But I know loyalty comes first, so I resisted. I still ask the important shit, though. What you pushing? Then the nigga started fidgeting, mumbling something which amounted to the fact that he was a passenger in another nigga's car. That made it easy for me to tell him no. Come on, Winter. You sleeping on this nigga, he said, patting his chest with his heavy hand. A nigga been stacking chips. I'm about to cop something lovely. I got a little business on the side making moves. I'm about to come into something real big soon. I turned him down, not with words, but with my eyes. The bottom line was right now I had a chance of getting with GS. Why should I fold my hand to pick up some unknown cards? He sensed my rejection and didn't want his boys to see me turning him down. But he was going to go for it anyway. Nigga, winter, straight up, I got love for you. Knowing how to be cool and not play him out, I leaned over, gave him a kiss on the cheek and whispered in his ear, Maybe some other time. Not tonight. He smiled with 100% confidence. It was this kind of certainty that made me want to undress. Let me get those digits. He pulled a pencil from behind his ear and flipped open a book and matched it to write it down. No phone. I don't have no phone, I told him. Come on, Winter. Don't try and play me. I don't. I haven't been wanting no calls, that's why. I've just been staying to myself. Well, where are you staying at? You asking too many questions, I told him. Well, how's a nigga gonna get up with you then? You give me your number, I told him. Fuck that. Come here. He signaled over to his man, one of the three rolling him that night. Give me your pager. 
His man looked confused. What? He said, unwilling to give it up. You heard what I said. Give me your pager. He snatched the pager from his man's hand. His man protested. I just got it today. Here, take this. He handed me the pager. You gonna see how serious a nigga is. Learn how to respect a man when he talks. I'll page when I finish setting up. Seeing is believing. You'll see. My code is triple zero. He hugged me again. You gonna be mine. What's the phone number for the pager? I asked. You don't need it. I'm the only one calling that number, he said strongly. It was hard passing up good dick. It was easy to pass up a broke passenger nigga. Tonight my aim was much higher. As Bullet walked away, I tapped his arm and asked for his laminate. He laughed and said, Nah, <laughs> why would I feed you to the sharks? Lauren had it all worked out or so she said. By this time, she knew Frankie the security guard personally. Frankie couldn't let her in, but he let her know that GS was having a private party out at his house in Alpine, New Jersey at 2 a.m. All we had to do was meet Frankie around the back of the club. The four black trucks in the back would be bringing the party to Jersey and... All the flies, honeys, get a free ride with security. Four trucks, 60 chicks, and a caravan of niggas falling behind in Lexuses, Benzes, Rovers, Rangers, Acuras, you name it! Sorry. <laughs> 20 girls left standing on the curb because security said they were either too fat or too ugly. What do you know about five chicks sitting in the seats and four chicks sitting in their laps in each row of the Suburbans? Now I was sitting on some girl because I definitely wasn't going to let her sit on me. I wasn't going to say a word because I'd already decided it was better to just watch. Besides, I wanted to check out the competition. The first thing I realized was that Lauren and me were younger than most of these girls. A whole bunch of them were in college. I heard them talking about a football game, Grambling You versus somebody. Some of them were talking like they came from far away. They mentioned that they was up for the weekend and drove all the way up from Washington, Baltimore, and Virginia. Four of the girls were in the back sitting on laps in position right near my ear, and they was wildin'. Every song that came on was, Ah, oh, that's my song! Then they would make a high-toned, screeching voice. Skee-wee, skee-wee, skee-wee! Every time. It bugged me out when they started bouncing to the beat while sitting on the girls who I'm sure had to have black and blue knees and legs by then. We invaded this private first-class neighborhood like an infection. G.S.'s mansion was accentuated by an array of colored lights, which lit it up like the Walt Disney Palace. The driveway was more like a parking lot at the Cineplex Theater. Manicured bushes and evergreen trees gave the place an air of seclusion. Inside, there was more rooms than you'd care to count. Three floors of steps leading to the west wing and the north and south side of the house. Moet, Cristal, Fine wines, cheeses, buffalo wings, pineapple turkey meatballs, shrimp, and crab cakes for plentiful finger foods available to all the special guests. It wasn't but a half hour before everybody started asking about where's GS, where's LX, where's this celebrity or that celebrity. 
After a while, I started getting vexed with security because I wasn't sure if they just wanted to keep all the women for themselves. At 3 a.m., one of the security guys stood up on top of the couch and shouted, Okay, ladies, GS is ready for some pussy. Who wants to give up the pussy? We all jumped up. If you're not here to get your freak on, bounce now. Any virgins in the house, bounce now. Now y'all know it's too many of y'all. GS told me to bring up the baddest female in the house. All the girls were screaming, raising hands, trying to get security's attention. Hold on now, hold on. Here's what we gonna do. We gonna have a contest. Line up. Get up. Line up. If you're too drunk to stand up, sit down. You're out. You're not in it. We gonna have a beauty contest. In the huge living room, there were ten rows of six girls each in the contest. I'm the host. One of the other security guys said he was supposed to be big and intimidating. As far as I was concerned, he was just big and fat. He walked through each of the girls with his fat, tall, sloppy self carrying the vodka tonic in his right hand. Then he started pointing. You ugly. Sit down. You ugly. Sit down. You. You ugly. Sit down. The three girls were mad, mumbling all kind of insults to him. One of them said it loud enough for everybody to hear. You fat bitch, she called him. The second girl said, I thought you liked all the ugly girls at the club. Fat ass sipped his drink and said, it was dark. I missed you three. Now sit down and shut up. All right, now hold out your hands. Each raw girl stuck their hands out. Man hands, sit down. God damn, what'd your mama do? Burn you with cigarettes? Sit the fuck down. He was eliminating contestants. Next, the other security guard stood up. He walked up and down the aisle like he was a military drill sergeant. For seconds, he didn't say nothing. Then he started pointing. Cheap shoes, sit down. Cheap shoes, sit down. Cheap shoes, sit down. I looked behind me and one of the girls he had told to sit down was Lauren. She caught my eye. I just raised my eyebrows at her to say, I'm sorry. I knew them cheap shoes would be her downfall. Next thing I know, the same dude was asking us to take our shoes off. A lot of the girls didn't like that and they were complaining and sucking their teeth. I wasn't affected. I had pretty feet. I even did my pedicure over, especially for tonight. Dude started pointing out girls. Hammer time, sit down. Hammer time, sit down. Hammer time, sit down. God damn, sit down. There was only like 40 girls left. Alright, ladies, this is a big one. Everyone with a weave, sit your bald asses down. 25 girls were out on that one call. My shit was straight and real. With 15 girls left, I was planning on winning. Then the next security guy got up and said, Pull up your shirts. I'm checking for them nasty worms. Everybody was confused. We just stood there asking them and each other, What? What worms? Stretch marks. A lot of you slick bitches got nice figures and ugly stretch marks. You know you got four kids. Yo ass shouldn't even be here. GS don't want to be your baby daddy.
All the guards started laughing. Five girls with worms were eliminated. The security guard called over to the DJ. Throw on some Biggie Smalls. Let me see you hoes dance. You gotta have rhythm. If you can't dance, you probably can't fuck. Sit down. You all beat. Sit down. You whack. Sit down. Your butt fell off. Seven girls left. Everybody was like, alright, okay. Alright already. Just pick one. Okay. One of y'all step up. The other six sit down. Everybody stepped up. Okay, now we're going to see who got some sense upstairs in the head. If you give the wrong answer to the television trivia question, sit down. Contestant number one. Who shot J.J. Evans? Who? J.J. Evans. In good terms. I don't know. Sit down. It was Mad Dog. Contestant number two. What was Janet Jackson's name on Good Times? I know. It was Penny, the contestant answered. You're right. Contestant number three. What was Alice's, the maid in the Brady Bunch, boyfriend's name? And what job did he do? Oh, I don't know. The security guards were laughing so hard they was bent over. The one who fell on the floor yelled, You're out! It's Sam, the butcher. Contest number four. What was Fred Sanford's favorite drink? Come on. That was too hard. Hers was easy, she said, pointing to number two. Sit down. Fred drank Ripple. Contestant number five. What was Samantha Stevens' mother's name in Bewitched? Um. Um. Sabrina. No, it was Endora. How was I supposed to know? I don't watch that shit. I don't even have cable. Sit down. Contestant number six. That was me. What was the name of the dog on the Jetsons, the dog on the Flintstones, and the dog on the Brady Bunch? Astro, Dino, and Tiger, I said swiftly. Oh, shit. That's right. That's right. Security laughed. The buffin was like, yo, that bitch is smart. Contestant number seven was disqualified because she didn't know who beat Rerun in the dance contest and what's happening. But I saw that episode at least ten times. It was Danny Disco Dynamite. Now we're down to two contestants. Who's it going to be? Let me see. Then one of the security guards jumped up and said, What size is your bra? The girl said, 36D. I said, 34D. Pretty close, he said. But who has on clean panties with no holes and no loose strings? Open your legs. He got down on all fours and looked under her skirt. Then he crawled over and looked under my dress. When he saw my nicely trimmed, bare, hairy pussy, he said, That's it! You're the winner! All I could think was, Thank God I didn't wear no panties. It seemed like we would never make it up to the top of the wide, steep, and curvaceous staircase. 
Every step closer I got to the bedroom on the west wing of the mansion, the more excited I became. I wish I could have had a Polaroid snapshot of the look on G.S.'s face when I walked into that room. As we got closer to the door, the fat security guard who escorted me said, Me and you could dip into any one of these rooms right now. If it's me you really want, just give me the word. I couldn't even respond to him. A few steps before the entrance to G.S.'s bedroom, the fat guy turned around and walked away. I could hear the music in the room pumping real loud. Standing outside of the door, I checked my clothes and touched my hair with my fingers. I turned the knob to let myself in. Surprisingly, the room was dark. The only light was coming from the television where the image from the PlayStation Street Fighter game was stuck on pause. I ran my hands along the wall trying to guide myself to the light switch. Accidentally, I tripped over what I guessed was a Timberland boot tossed to the floor. Now I was glad the lights were off. I didn't want G.S. to see me in an uncool position. When I stood up, I walked a couple of steps before filling the night table with my fingers. As my hands were extended in front of me to keep from crashing into anything else, I almost toppled over a crystal bottle. I knew that's what it was from the shape of it as I held it in my hands. It was empty. Oh, shit. I knew G.S. was wasted. Probably crashed on the bed. It was either that or he's a sexy motherfucker who likes to play games in the dark. I could get with that. With a few more steps, I found my feet tangled in his pants that were tossed on the floor. Now I was getting real excited. Finally, I found the sound system, but I couldn't read the button, so I just started turning and pushing them one by one. There was static, then shit just started going crazy for a minute. I pushed the buttons faster until, luckily, one shut the sound off. G.S. I called out softly, not really knowing why I was whispering when it was so absolutely quiet. I heard him groan a few times and moved in the direction his voice was coming from. Soon as I bumped into the bed, I started undressing. Who's that? He said, sounding disoriented. It's me, Sasha. I came to give you what we've both been waiting for. He laughed slow and sexy. Butt naked, I slid my silky legs in, then the rest of my body. Taking total control, I threw my legs over him, then mounted him like I was a jockey and he was a thoroughbred. I was determined I was going to revive the million dollar star. I was going to make love to him so he would remember my name and come back sniffing around my door tomorrow. Laying my titties on his chest and my hairs against his now erect, big, thank God dick, I started to suck his neck, lick his shoulder blades, and suck his chin. Only seconds passed before his lips came alive and gave way to my sweet passion. We was tonguing. His strong arms grabbed my hips and lifted me up slightly, positioning to penetrate. I pulled myself to the side, resisting him, so I could suck it first to keep it hard longer. As it went to my mouth and halfway down my throat, I moved my lips slowly back and forth. G.S. let out a groan to let me know I had him in the palm of my hand. Tonight, it'll be all about him. But once I turned him out, it'll be all about me. When I felt the pressure mounting him, I withdrew my tongue and lips. He grabbed my head, wanting to keep me going. Instead, I mounted him, then pushed him inside of me. I put everything I had on him, double-jointed hips, and my flexible body moves. 
he would never call me a lazy lover. As my pussy muscles held him in a lobster grip, I vibrated all over him. I heard him scream in ecstasy like he was my bitch. The sound of his surrender caused me to lose my head and my orgasm caused my whole body to shake uncontrollably. He responded by busting a nut, a big fucking walnut, inside of me. We both collapsed into sleep. I don't know about him, but I went out with a smile. In the morning, I tidied up after our house guests. I was dressed in G.S.'s shirt. Downstairs, I tried to bring together some breakfast for us. I had music playing at a low volume. The sun was filling the entire house the way it does in classy neighborhoods where architects design houses with the position of the sun, the moon, and water in mind. As I walked up the long, wide staircase, I felt a pain in my side. Excuse me, sweetie. Hey, hey, you gotta get up and get out of here. I don't know what you're doing in there, but don't respond. I'm afraid of the answer. Everything was a blur. I attempted to focus. My head was pulsating the way it does after a night of a wild mixture of drinks. The harmless looking 30 something woman was poking me in the side with a long black antenna, on which I assumed was a walkie talkie. When I sat up, my eyes confirmed the images that were jetting to my mind. I was in Chiesa's mansion. It wasn't a dream. The untidy room of last night was now spotless except for my naked body. Like a zoom lens, my eyes scanned the floor for my clothes, which I recall dropping on the floor on my side of the bed. I spotted them laid neatly across a chair. I grabbed my neck with my hands. My diamond necklace and my bracelet were still on so I could rule out robbery from this bizarre situation. As I collected myself and began dressing, the woman watched me as if I was acting in a scene in which she was directing. Clutching my bag, I asked her, Where's G.S.? He's not due on set until 2 this afternoon. It's 9 a.m. right now, but you have to go. Think about it, lady. If I'm in his room, I must be a welcome guest in G.S.'s home. Oh, really? She said doubtfully. I'm sure he wouldn't mind if his girl waited downstairs for him. This house is big enough for everybody. Listen, sweetie. I'm sure you're G.S.'s girl. However, this is not G.S.'s house. Now, we have a rented for a video shoot until 12 midnight. I've got to get every shot finished by then. So I have to ask you to leave in the interest of G.S.'s money. Overtime is an ass kicker in this neighborhood. She tossed my clothes at me. I flung the door open, turned left, then right to figure out which direction to head in. As I moved down the marble staircase, I suddenly noted how beautiful yet empty the house seemed. I was mad at the sarcastic woman upstairs, but I wasn't worried. I was certain that what I put on G.S. last night was stick. I wouldn't have to go looking for him. He would find me. When I exited from the multi-thousand dollar crafted doors, it reminded me of my old house on Long Island. Just acres of perfect landscape and trimmed trees. Finding the bus stop would be like looking for a lost contact lens. Once I walked past the Evergreens, I saw the black trucks we all rolled over here in.
The huge security guys who were the phantom comedians of last night were now looking very sober and serious about guarding this house. As soon as one of them spotted me, he called out, Where are you headed, lovely? Slowly walking towards him, I weighed my options. I'm trying to get back to the city. You can ride with me if you can wait till 11. That's when I get off. Were you here last night? I asked him. I don't remember your face. Why would you? He said casually. We putt-putted in his Datsun. The deteriorating jalopy was so slow it added 40 minutes onto what should have been a quick trip. Maybe it was because the speedometer wouldn't break 45 miles per hour. As I crawled out of his car, I asked, So were the black trucks rented just like the house? Yep, just for the video shoot, he said nonchalantly. Listen, I'll see you around, he said, while looking like he wondered if he had a chance with me. I muttered back, no, you won't see me, and I slammed the door. Soldier was aggravated when I got upstairs in the house. As she munched on some barbecue chips, more out of habit than hunger, she asked, Have you seen Lauren? Not since last night, I responded, walking straight back to my bedroom. Hmm. She knew better than to try and get my business. As I relaxed in the comfortable bed, I thought about everything. My only regret was not getting a photograph, autograph, or a piece of G.S.'s personal belongings. Nobody would ever believe me if I told them me and him got down together. But I soothed myself with the idea that there was still time. As the minutes slipped away, 60 seconds at a time, I waited patiently for Lauren. Hell, she was there last night. She was a witness. Me and her would have one up on Soldier. While she strutted around all proud, Lauren and I would know that she didn't really have it all as tight as she thought she did. After all, she let me slide that ace right out of her hand. Stuffing envelopes and answering phones was not my line of work. But Lauren didn't come home in two days. She didn't call. Soldier was more worried than anything. Somewhere along the line, I guess she decided to substitute me for her sister because I was doing all the goddamn work. I wanted Lauren to come back just as much as she did. It was as if I was left alone with a set of gigantic eyes watching me. Soldier had a way of looking at people that I didn't like. She was very slick about using every minute that she's around a person to ask certain questions which led to her knowing more than she needed to know or more than a person wanted to give up. I never heard you mention your father. Is he alive? She would ask in an innocent voice, as if she didn't know that it's disrespectful to ask niggas about their daddy. Yeah, he alive, I answered with the mind-your-own-fucking-business tone. Each time the phone rang, I was hoping it was midnight. Above everything else, I always pictured him as the man who could rescue me. I wonder what kind of game Soldier was playing, or if she even knew him at all. If she knew him well, why didn't she have his phone number or address? A lot of people didn't have phones, but everybody got an address. While filling in for Lauren, I got to watch Soldier more closely. Every now and then, she would ask me to file some papers away on the file cabinets in her bedroom. She had everything neatly arranged in alphabetical order. I checked under my name just to make sure she wasn't piling up no file on me. 
I haven't checked under M for midnight to see if she was holding out information I need to have in my hands. No luck. No file on me or him. So how'd you meet my cousin? I asked her. I was learning how to hit her with the question before she could start hitting me. She stopped writing in her notebook, dropped her pen on the paper, and leaned back in the chair. She looked like she was recalling images in her mind. The loud doorbell broke her mood and dead at my question. Without her even asking me to get the door, I zipped down the stairs. Lauren was standing there with a big smile on her face. Why didn't you use your key? I asked. I wanted you to come down so you could tell me what was going on up there before I step in the fire and get burnt. Well, your sister's mad, but she's more worried. If you just limp in, act like you hurt her like somebody mugged you or something, things will turn out better. We laughed. But get your ass upstairs. I'm tired of doing your work. Ooh, girl. What happened with GS? I want to know everything. Lauren was excited. Shh. I'll tell you when we get to our room. Stay cool. Your sister's right in the living room, I warned her. One second after giggling with me, Lauren was standing in the middle of the living room with tears spilling down her face, looking sorrowful. I only heard the beginning of her story. The voice that came out of her mouth wasn't her usual voice. She was talking like she was 7 years old instead of 17. I was mad at you, soldier. What happened? You disappeared at the club. I tried to use a pass that you gave me. They wouldn't let me in the VIP room. I didn't get to cash a check you gave me, so I was broke. I didn't have no money for a ride, so I called fever. Blah, 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 and Lauren had reversed it on her sister. Now Soldier was standing there, explaining where she went that night and what happened with the passes. I checked it all out. When Soldier noticed me watching the two of them like a tennis match, she took Lauren into her bedroom and their voices faded behind the closed door. Knowing now, I mean, even back then, you had an idea, but knowing now what goes on with um, celebrities and their security or rappers and their security and musicians and their security, I'm not going to give anybody a pass. I'm pretty certain she didn't have sex with GS. Pretty certain it was that big nigga. Even though the sound that she said he made sounded like GS, I mean, she daydreams and imagines in her head, so that might have been somebody else, and that is sinister. Like, that is completely fucked up. The fact that it was at the place where they're doing a video shoot for him is already troubling. Like, it's not his house. The fact that they had them go through all that stuff, kind of like... The way they lined those women up was like cattle, like a slave auction. And had them doing everything from showing off their panties to um, doing stupid trivia to big fat dudes, which, you know, I'm not judging anybody, but judging these women on their toes, on their pedicures, on the way that they talk, on if they had stretch marks on their body, on their breasts. And that's really how men be doing, though. Like, we'll sit there, 303 pounds. Judging somebody who is absolutely beautiful in every way because they have a mole on the back of their neck. 
that's what it's 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 how it is. It's not right. It's not respectable. It's just what it is at this point in time. And to see it laid bare like this, it makes you wonder, like, what has soldiers seen? Like, what has happened? Has she just hold, heard stories? Is she making up this stories? That's that's wild. And it's mad disrespectful. And I'm not blaming the women in the story for clamoring and bartering for a chance to be chosen. Because in the face of celebrity, I'm not going to tell you what to do and what not to do. But the fact that they were getting played, I know they were getting played. That's just heartbreaking. And the fact that whoever she had sex with, it was unprotected sex. And he came in her. Doctor gynecologist. They gonna, they gonna take care of that real quick. Also, the fact that they still don't know this girl's real name. And they just calling her Sasha. That's a wild ass, long ass lie to hold up. And when Bullet showed up, she should have just won with Bullet, to be honest with you. But when he showed up, calling her by her name, she's lucky Lauren wasn't around her. But yeah. I wonder why Sister Soldier wouldn't have given them laminates that would have gotten them into VIP. That was kind of weird. But her and Doc got in. I wonder where they all went. I know, That couldn't have been GS. No way. No way. If that was just she ended up with, I'm literally a monkey's uncle. And I've seen my nephew and nieces. I ain't calling numbing them niggas. Numbing them niggas a monkey. Numbing them. Anyhow, leave a voicemail, uh, 916-633-1537. You can email us at wretchedandratchet at gmail.com. Uh, you can hit us up on Twitter at Ratchet Book Club. Um, and please leave a five-star review wherever you listen to the podcast at. And let us know. Let me know. Rather, it's, it's just me. Let me know where you left the review at um, so then I can find it. Read about it on during the uh, feedback show, the roundtable discussion. Um, again, the roundtable discussion will be held on uh, Saturday um, at noon. Nah, you know what? This week, let's do it early. It's going to be Saturday at 10 a.m. So Saturday at 10 a.m., we're going to go ahead and do the roundtable discussion. Um, I put out the Zoom link. Uh, Come on in. Um, And we're going to discuss this. We're going to discuss the message y'all leave. We're going to discuss your opinions on these chapters and and on whatever else you want to talk about pertaining to the book. And it's a good time. Thank you all so much for listening. Thank you so much for checking us out. I greatly appreciate it. Um, Again, my name is Derek, and this is Ratchet Book Club. Uh, Y'all have a good evening. Peace. and outro to Ratchet Book Club 
is by that kid Garan, and it's called Goodbyes. You can email him at tkgbeats94 at gmail.com for more information on how to lease this beat. This is Single Simulcast. Don't know my name, did you say?